Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Man, Sebastian, last week was tiring, dude. That that tournament weekend was long. So actually, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna restart it. I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna give you another intro right at the same time because I feel like we should because it kind of speaks to the theme of the day. Bienvenido al the Soccer Podcast, donde hablamos sobre el fútbol en Delaware, el fútbol en el otro, en el resto del mundo. Todo entre medio. No sé. <laughs> no sé. Uh, it's the last day of Hispanic Heritage Month. It's the last day of Hispanic Heritage Month. So I feel like uh, we should. Uh, uh, wait, did I break up there for a second or no? Okay. All right. I felt like my computer just went dark for a second. So I don't know what happened. Okay. You did, but yeah, you're good. All right. Perfect. So, well, um, it's the last day of Hispanic Heritage Month, which uh, will. We will touch on uh, during our interview today with Coach Art Hernandez from Lower Marion. But uh, before that, yes, Dwayne, it was a very tiring weekend, right? Uh, yeah, six games across uh, three days and across, like literally like, three days. 12 hours every, in between games. 12 hours in between games. My first game was at 7 o'clock Friday. My last game ended at 7 o'clock on Sunday. So... Yeah, I mean, Dwayne, you may have had the craziest schedule I have seen a team have in a long time. I mean, I might as well have volunteered at the tournament, like the depth for volunteers and got my admission in for free. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I told you you should have just tried to stay at one of those little houses. I mean, I, I should have done my shift in the concession stand and said, thanks. Uh, you know, we'll just take the free fee for one of my teams and just leave. Yeah, there you go. I've done my little three-hour shift or whatever they. <laughs> but shout out to shout out to uh, shout out to the Deptford uh, Soccer Association. Uh, a fantastic tournament all around. I think uh, we we had a really good time. We were talking to the to the the guy that takes care of the fields, the maintenance guy that uh, that also coaches a couple teams. Um, at at Which DSA, is the 2009 boys. Yeah, at DSA, you played against him, man. Um, and uh, he was a great guy. He was he was it was really cool to talk to him, but. Uh, Overall, I think the everybody from the staff, even the little issues that we had, we were able to get resolved, and the staff was super friendly. It was it was really good. So shout out to uh, to Mike and Jeff uh, from from Deptford. Uh, they put on a fantastic event uh, that we will for sure try to go back to. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, and from a results perspective, uh, it goes. You know, uh, I, so big shout out to the twenty thirteen girls. And Coach Natalie uh, for their first tournament ever with the first tournament win. No subs, seven no players. Su- no subs, seven players. Two, two, two players playing up an age group. Two players playing up an age group and balling out. Yeah. We got to watch. I got to watch two of their games. You got to watch all three of their games. Um, they were there. They're, that group is a lot of fun. Yeah, man, they got they got a goal score on their team. Oh yeah, they do. Um, so we'll, we're gonna team, puts the game away. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about her in a second, but um, but yeah, so the the, the twenty thirteen girls with a with a tournament win in their bracket. Twenty twelve girls after a uh, tough tie, a tough draw in their in their first game on Saturday, come off with like two really good results on Sunday to win their bracket. Shout out to their warm-up coach, by the way. Uh, 
in the last two tournaments in 2012 girls have gone to and I've warmed the team up. They've walked out of there with some hardware. So I think, you know, kind of goes to that warm up. You know, Coach Kyle very, needs to Coach Kyle needs to uh you know free dinner or something, right? Something, right? Like just warming the team up, getting them prepared. You know, there's gotta be something there. <laughs> um, so yeah, so so big shout out to the 2012 girls for for their tournament win. Um 2010 girls uh with a with a tournament win as well for their first or this is their second eleven v eleven tournament uh playing up in age group and and they won so i was i was super happy for them they they played really well um they only gave up one goal in the entire tournament um which was which was pretty exciting uh so so good for them um and then lastly the o eight girls with the tournament win not giving up a single goal the entire tournament um and scoring eleven goals in three games. As long as you stand underneath that eighteen goal threshold, yeah, right? and obviously that that was uh, that was an interesting uh, dynamic with with the tournament rules. Um, so, and then, but I think I do think we need to we need to give a big shout out. So, um, out of the ten teams that we had at the event, um, all but two of them, I believe, at least got a got a draw, if not a win, out of their out of the tournament. Um, majority of the teams. For the most part, at least scored one goal, which was which is a good thing. So yeah, so uh, you know, on the girls' side, uh, big shout out to the the 2011 girls for uh, they had, they played a very competitive event, which I think for them was was a good thing. They were something that they were looking for. Uh, so they you know they lost two of their games and and won their last game, which was good. Uh, both 09 girls competed really well. Um, you know the 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 APL team um, when or tying their last game. Um, and the uh, the CSL team doing doing really well. I watched them play for, for part of the last game, and they they ended up tying the first half against the top, ultimately the eventual champions of their bracket, tying the first half zero zero. So so giving you know putting together some really good results. Um, oh seven girls competed well, um, and they ended up with a tie in their last game as well. So so very very happy for them. Um, yeah, oh nine boys, you know. Didn't get the results that we wanted, but they definitely uh, also playing top bracket, so it was good. Challenge. They were challenged this weekend, and and I think they realized, you know, it's 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 reachable. It's not it's not yeah. like we're we were playing the MLS as next teams, good. you know, that we could play at some other tournaments. They were very reachable teams that we can compete with, and ultimately, we'll get there. You know, it's a it's a process, right? Yeah, absolutely. And those seven boys, you know, rebounding. You know, would love to go one one and one with that group this weekend, but. You know, they rebounded well, you know, responded well after the first game and, you know, very close two very well contested matches. Uh, you know, you lose one nothing and you lose and you tie one one with the PK in the last 30 seconds. So it's good. Yeah. Good weekend for both groups. Yeah. And then um, and then on the other our teams that we have, we we had a couple of teams going to the Explorer Cup up in, in Downingtown. So uh, both 2013 boys teams, the 2012 pre PRCL team. 2010 boys team and the both 2011 teams uh 2012 boys pre rc pre prcl team uh with a final made a final uh lost Good. in the final to pipeline but ultimately made a final um i know soccer dan ended up with uh with a couple good results um as well so so good for him i mean i know i know a couple of his uh his teams won and 
he he had some he had some good results. Um, so good for him. So ultimately, everybody everybody had a good weekend, which I think is the it's what we want, right? Everybody was competitive. Yeah, I mean tournaments. You know, we've been in league play for a while, but you know, tournaments give us a a look at the next level. Yeah, right. Like, what do we like? We either challenge ourselves or we look to find some success against some higher level teams. So it gives us a, ultimately a look at you know where we want to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the things that we're doing because we we were able to record a lot of the games from um from the tournament this weekend. We were going to we are we actually going to be putting this out today. Uh, we are we have a top five saves and top five goals of the weekend. Um, so we're going to be putting that out, and we want you to vote. Okay, all of you on the audience, we want you to vote. So you're going to go to our Facebook page, uh, Facebook.com/slash Delaware Union, or on in, on on Instagram at Delaware Union Soccer, or on Twitter at the Union Soccer. We're going to put that video up, and you're going to go out and vote and vote for the goal of the week and the save of the week. And we are going to give out some prizes to all of the nominees, but at the same time, we're going to give out some prizes uh, to the winners. So we are going to announce the winners next week. Next Friday, we're going to announce the winner. And hopefully every Friday, we're going to be putting out a new video of the week before. So leading up to the week. You know, we want all of our players to bring out their A game. That's right. But when the VO comes out, bring your A plus game. Yeah. Like just yeah. know when the VO comes out, you know, there's there's some all bets are on, you know. That's right. All right. With us today, uh, we are celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, and it's the last day of Hispanic Heritage Month. So I figured um let's uh let's bring somebody in that's actually been conducting a ton of interviews over the last month. Uh, and this time I get to interview him instead of him interviewing other people. Uh so Art Hernandez is here, Coach Art. Is here. He is development the development academy director at Lower Marion Soccer Club. Uh, I mean, I'm just gonna say down the street because uh, we we see Lower Marion uh, relatively often with our within our club. Uh, Coach Hart, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Um, so let's let's talk about the work that you've done uh, over the last uh, month with the with the United Soccer Coaches uh, Latino uh, Coaches Advocacy Group. What 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 was been what's been the the you know the drive behind all the interviews that you've been doing so to me so to me it's kind of like a culmination of like a year and a half of work where uh we've been um collaborating and working together and a lot of the people that i actually work with in the last month to you know that i interviewed right um you know they have they're almost like repeat customers and repeat guests uh, but it, it's only because the their, their depth of knowledge is so big. So um, we like being able to not only showcase like their work, but like um, a lot of what their history is as far as with um, some of the, the barriers that they've had to go through and obviously their education process. And I think for me, being able to connect um, with people of that level has been extremely beneficial just from the sense of being able to to, you know, if you can see it, you can be it. Right. So I, that's always kind of been my, my, my model from the beginning where I'm trying to showcase and broadcast all types of information to people that may not have it readily accessible. And, um, and that way they can see themselves in a different light and see the different possibilities, um, that exist out there. 
and it's such a it's that's such a great great point i think um at times from a from a hispanic standpoint you know we and i think it's it, it to a certain extent it's a cultural thing right we 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 tend to know we tend to think that we know uh it's 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 the same idea right so if you you sit you sit down with a in in very cultural very family driven uh, you know, you got family parties or or friend friend parties, and you got forty people just sitting around, and and you're gonna talk about soccer, right? And everyone's got an opinion, and everyone knows, everyone thinks they know exactly what the, their national team or what their team should be doing. Um, so everyone thinks they're potentially their coach, right? Everybody thinks they they got the magic, they got the magic answer, but the reality is, is the majority of them are not, and and only a few are. So, do you think? Um, Coaching education in general for for the Latino community has has do you think now it's do you think it's it's the it's um it's developed over the last few years it's progressed to a point where there are more Latino coaches and, and Latina coaches doing coaching education because there is such a value to it in comparison to the idea that like well I used to play soccer or I grew up with the game I know the game. Yeah, so so I would say so I'm gonna so I would compare it almost to like the, almost in the 80s and 90s, where I think um, there was less Latinos and Hispanics taking those courses, and even less leading them, right? And now, um, oh, now obviously now that there is oh that almost that second and third generation of Hispanics and Latinos who understand the language, who speak English, who do truly understand it. Um, now can take those courses and see the value see the value in being able to to do that and progress with their careers in that in that way you know i think that um and, and this is not only for 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 latinos this is in any in any any culture but like it's very difficult to like uh be able to take a course if you don't understand the language right so so if i go to germany i, I may know I, I may be the most qualified coach but like if i don't speak german it's going to be very difficult for me to comprehend their, their ideas. Right. So it's the same thing here. Right. Um, so the idea here is to first kind of sort of learn the language um, at least at an average, at an average um, rate, and then uh, have an average understanding of the language and then start taking those courses. Now, if we start pushing to the 2000s and 2010s, now you have a lot more Latinos, a lot more Hispanics um, being able to take those courses and, also leading them, right? Because there, there's a progression here. And the progression is obviously, you know, you get your A and then you become an instructor. And then, you, and, and when you're, when you start to become an instructor, you, you teach the lower level courses and then you keep moving up and up and up, right? That's just natural progression. Um, but now, um, like as recently as this year, I had a Rene Miramontes, you know, in my A license teaching it, right? Um, and, and and those are the kinds of things that it's like um, that you see that progression that, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, but there's that progression where those opportunities are there. It's just the amount of work you want to put in. Absolutely. And I, I did my national youth license in New Jersey and uh, I had the had the honor of, of having uh, Rick Miana as, as one of my uh, instructors and he's the director of coaching for, for New Jersey. And, um, and I think that's, and I think that was, a, that might've been the first time that I'd taken a course where I saw somebody that to a certain extent, like I related to, right. I, I saw somebody that spoke another language as well. I saw somebody that, that it, in, 
and I think that's a hard part at times from a from a Hispanic standpoint. And and I think Dwayne, I've not talked about this before. Um, you know, it's in and, and there's no no there's no disrespect for to to European coaches, right? Or 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 British coaches or Scottish like nothing. And I think in the you know obviously I've I've heard fantastic things from the UEFA courses and the and the Scottish FA courses and things like that. But I think at times that that's the hard part is, is there hasn't been, and I feel like there is more now and you brought this up and, and even listening to, um, to some of the other people you've interviewed, you know, like Louis Swisher, who I did my national youth license with as well. Um, now that there are more, more Hispanic people leading some of these courses and being instructors. And I think, I think it starts to level a little bit the playing field, you know, for, for everybody. I think it, it starts because now it, it tells me that there's value in me progressing in my coaching education and it tells other people that hopefully there's value in progressing their coaching education not only that is can you not only go through the coaching education part like as you said right can you become an instructor and help the next the next uh generation um what what has been uh what's been one of the uh what's been one of the the highlights of of this month for you of being able to lead all these uh all these webinars and all these podcasts that you've been doing so far I think for me, the highlight has been almost like the off the off camera conversations where, um, you know, you, dri- you you dive into real personal, you know, stories and some of those um, situations. And, and they're all not all negative. Like they're not negative. They're all like, like it's not like we sit around and we're like negative and talk smack about everybody. You, you know, um, we talk about different situations that have come up and different um, almost like um ways where we've overcome situations and and it may not be a situation that's like a situation that's happening on the field or in a course it may just be in our mind right where we have some of these limiting beliefs that were that you know at least for me at first i you know uh when i first took my e license long you know in like 20 2009 or something 2008 i failed it i failed my e but that's because i went in there thinking like uh that i knew everything and that was and that was the truth. Like I felt like I felt going into that class, looking at the demographic that was in there, and I was like, what did what do they know that that I can't possibly know? Right. right. And what it was, it was just basically just that that arrogance and uh, small mindedness that I that I went into it with, right? And then and then the funny part was like the instructor was like, uh, Yeah, you know, can we can we have you know, uh, can we have somebody demo, right? Well. I wasn't even fit. And here I am trying to demo stuff. (laughs) So, so, so like, so obviously, so I didn't pass that course. I retook it. Right. And, and and obviously moved on. But, but the second time it wasn't that I was a better, not necessarily that I was a better coach, but I was just that understanding of being open-minded and receiving that information is, is super helpful. And like, the, and, and that's what these conversations sometimes are about with, with these guys and, um, and the ladies that, that have been on, on, um, with, you know, United soccer coaches, um, Hispanic history month, where a lot of times it, it's just being open to receiving that information without knowing you're receiving information. So, um, yeah, you know, just being able to connect with these people, um, all over the place and seeing how giving they are as well. Like, um, it's a lot of times it's like a cold call and you're just reaching out and you're like, okay, I'm hoping they respond. Um, and, and like, not one of them was like, no, or, you know, or a diva about it. They were all like very, you know, on board, willing to spread the message. So that's, that's been the highlight. 
and I think, and it's, and it ultimately like the idea of being humble is 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 key, right? And and I think I took my I took my e license um, when I was 18 years old, and I was going to go coach my sister's U6 rec team. And I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, it doesn't matter that I've been playing for for a long time. It doesn't matter that I'm a referee. That like I need to ultimately find a way to. I felt like for me personally, I needed to educate myself on how to actually properly coach kids. Now, I don't think there's any, even the national youth license for as great as a course as it is, it doesn't fully really prepare you to coach six-year-olds. Uh, I think I think coaching six-year-olds is one of those things that you're either born to do it or you're born not to do it. Uh, and it takes a lot of guts and it takes a lot of experience. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of respect that coaches that coach six-year-olds have uh, in my book. But, but so when I, when I took this course, I took the course in Miami, um, like, dead like downtown Miami kind of thing. Uh, so uh, there was definitely a couple of guys in, in the course that I was in that I have to, and I think at the time, if I'm not mistaken, the, the, the e-course, um, the test, cause you had to actually do a test for it at the time. Yeah. Um, they had a Spanish version of the test as well. Um, but I don't know if we didn't have it or something, whatever happened that there was a couple of guys that I had to like, actually like help translate the court, the, the test to, right. I was, I had to help them with that part of it. And, but I, I think there is that part of it. Like, I felt like there was, there was a little bit of a humbling of like, when you walk in there, it's, it's easy to say, Oh, the, the other people that are in the course are like, there's no way they know more than I do. Right. Like all, all I do is watch soccer and I, and I, <laughs> and, and I analyze soccer and I sit in a room with other people and analyze soccer. So I absolutely know how to, you know, if I, if I'm asked to do a goalkeeper session, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Um, but I think, but I think the other part of it is, is you know, when you now that, and I think from a from a barrier standpoint, and I've lived in in a couple of different states, um, and when I lived in Tennessee, it, it never really hit me until until I experienced it, where where I I was coaching a group of kids, um, and one of them turns around, and we we're playing a team, and and they're like, oh, they're in one of the kids turn around and they're like, Oh, they're all over there speaking Mexican. Mm. It never really hit me until, until then, mostly because it, it, I, I don't have a very thick accent. Um, so for me, it's, if I don't fully at times disclose the fact that I speak Spanish, I can sometimes just kind of skate by without anybody knowing about it. And I think at the time, that's kind of what it was. The, the team I was coaching never really knew that I was Argentinian, that I spoke Spanish. And then when that happened, it, it like, it really, threw me off because and it was one of the first times where where I was like all right well I have a choice right I can either let it go and allow somewhat of the ignorance to keep going or I can say something and I can I can use my platform for for something different and I and and I did and I said listen like what are you talking about like you, you mean they're speaking Spanish right. well it's the same thing I said nope not not the same thing <laughs> and and you know and because in the culture that i that i was living in in tennessee um if you saw a group of hispanic players you automatically assumed they were mexican for whatever reason um and 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 at times that bias is there and it, i think it's our job especially from from the standpoint that we have um and it's not easy because to a certain extent you put yourself at times um, in a position where you can be looked at differently. Right. 
Um, and I, and I've struggled with that. Have, have you had that happen before? Have you had some, like, what are the, if you, if you feel like you want to share, what are some of the things and, and how do you use your platform in the, in your community to, to kind of help, uh, the Hispanic community from that standpoint? So, so the first thing I would say is that I, I never, I never, I can truly say that in any of the courses that I've taken, I've never had an experience like that. Right. Um, what I can say is I actually didn't even know I had an accent until I recorded my first session in my, uh, I guess it would be my C license. No, my B license. Cause my C didn't require it. So my B license, I had to record myself doing the sessions that's when I found out I had an accent. I, I, I seriously did not know I had an accent. Right. Uh, but no, I think, I think from, from that perspective, every course, whether it's U S soccer or United soccer coaches, um, I've, ne- I, first of all, I've always, I've always, if I would say for the most part, there's always been another Hispanic or Latino. So it's either me and somebody else or me or two other people. I mean, I, I don't, I may have, but I don't think I've been like the only one. Um, yeah, granted I've taken most of my courses from 2010 upward. Um, now, as far as what I do here in the, you know, in my local community with Latinos is, uh, what I try to do is, is I, I, first of all, like give opportunities, right. Create those opportunities to have, um, engagement, you know, in almost like informal engagements, have pickup games, um, have accessibility to fields, right. Um, since I do have some, you know, um, some of that, some of those opportunities that I, I now have, right, to be able to access fields and book them and stuff like that. That's the first thing that I do. Like I try to open that up in order for them to um, have access to fields, because if you don't have fields and you, you don't have a game. Um, and I think that's the, one of the first um, uh, barriers that we have to cross, is, you know, and that's not a Latino thing. That's just an everybody thing. Yeah. And then um, the other part is, um, the mentorship, like, um, you know, I put myself in a position where they know they have a, a mentor in me and I can help them out. Right. Um, and a lot of it is not giving them answers. It's a lot of it is just guiding them through almost to, through their day-to-day stuff and trying to solve, um, you know, put, put out fires and, and help them through their, through their own circumstances. I mean, a lot of times, um, you know, I had players on teams where they can't get rides, right? They can't get a ride to work because mom and dad aren't available. So how do I coordinate that with somebody else on the team? Right. And, um, and and those are the kind of things that now allow more people to, to be able to see like, Oh, look at coach art. Right. And, and it's not like, look at coach art. I look up to him, but it's like, well, this guy could do it. Anybody could do it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, uh, you know, um, I can be a leader. I can coordinate this. I can be a coach, right? Um, you know, and that's actually something that I take very seriously. Like when there, when I, I, I actually have um, multiple people who, young people, you know, uh, 15, 16, 17, who come help um, on different play days and, um, and the different trainings that I do, like I don't refer to them as player X or player that. I can refer to them as coaches. Yes. Especially the female ones. Mm-hmm. especially the female um, coaches that, that come out and help me, because I think that w- when I started to do that, they are now seeing themselves in a different light. And now they're seeing them. Now they're like, Oh, like, okay, now I'm in a leadership position. I need to act a little differently. Um, so we can, so if, if, if I 
started to do that a couple of years ago and I can see the huge difference. And like now these individuals wanting to actually become coaches somewhere down the road or reach out to me and continue wanting to coach. So, um, and that to me just grows the pool of people who, who are going to be invested in the sport. And it's, and in, and I think we saw it and Dwayne and I talked about this uh, a few weeks ago when the U S women's national team played Paraguay. And, and obviously it was a somewhat lopsided game. Uh, or both games were, were somewhat lopsided, but but at the same time, uh, the Paraguay women's national team, the reason one of, one of the reasons why they they accepted the game and wanted to play against the U.S. was because this brought attention to the game in Paraguay, right? This this brought attention to the fact that listen, we're going to be playing one of the top, if not the top, women's team in the entire world, um, and they're going to beat us. Like that's just what's potentially going to happen <laughs> because they they have, but they're but because they're um, because the the organization, their foundation, their their entire process is so different, and so and they have so many more resources than than women's soccer does in Paraguay, for example. Um, and I've seen it with I've seen it with a couple of different leagues, and you know, obviously, um, Marta uh, in the last World Cup talked about that and talked about she made a big statement after after Brazil was knocked out about the fact that Brazil needed to spend more more resources in their women's and with their women's league and their and to develop players um and i think and i think you know part of part of it is a is a cultural thing right i uh we talked about this in the podcast once the first first time argentina the argentinian women's national team uh went to what was bef- like not an a, not a sanctioned women's world cup but um argentina went uh, there, was, there were six teams and argentina beat, beat england for for the first time ever and the uh, the players traveled with zero equipment. Um, they had never worn cleats before until they got. I think that they, they played in Mexico, and somebody get, got them cleats because they didn't have cleats. They went without a coach because their coach couldn't travel or something like that. So, so the the obviously we've come a long way in the in the world, but I think there's obviously there's there's more that needs to be done. But from a I think from a and you, and you brought up. Um, female coaches, I think from a from a women's soccer perspective, there's so much more that can be done in the Hispanic community because it's because it is a little bit far behind at, at times, you know, and, and you can see it when when you look at the US women's national team and you see the progress they've made because of the resources and the the financial backing that at times it's had. And obviously that's it's got its own issues and its own things that they're sorting out. Um so one of the last questions um where do you think you know where with the with the development that we've that we've gone uh for the for the, you know that that we've seen for the, through for the hispanic community and from a coaching education perspective now that we have uh hispanic coaches that are leaders uh that are that are in charge of state associations that that are that are that have the ability to make decisions right decision makers in in right places do you think we're close to potentially at some point in our future seeing a uh not that greg bearholter is doing a bad job uh, but do you think we're close to seeing a, a Hispanic uh, national team coach? You know, I think I think it's um, I don't think it's a question of ability, right? I think it's a question of opportunity, and not only opportunity to to manage the the, the national team, but opportunity to be in that environment. Um, I, I, you know, I think the wonderful thing that I run into, you know, has been that. A lot of these coaches, the Anthony Flores, the Luis Swisher, even the Eloisa Borreguero, and you know the Cynthia <coughs> Cervantes, 
they're young coaches who have really high aspirations. And not only do they have high aspirations, they have a process. So they now know what those steps are to get to where they're getting to. So um, again, if they go through the process, if they, you know, uh, get themselves into the right environment, and, and I'm not saying these four exclusively, but if, if, you know, anybody can do it, right? It's just a matter now if once we get to a certain point, um, you know, are they going, are they willing to give that person an opportunity? I can go a little deeper into possibly why those things don't happen. Um, but I think we're past a lot of those excuses, right? And we're past a lot of those reasons. Um, we just have to continue to put in the work and put in um, and meaningful work, right? I mean, that doesn't mean grind, you know, grind, you know, grind every day. Yeah. That's not what it means. It means uh, being purposeful with your time. Um, you know, there's a wonderful coach out in Canada. Um, her name escapes me right now, but she talks about like the four or five pillars in life, not in coaching, in life, right? Where she talks about um, her family values, her work values, her work environment, and it's and it's and it's all encompassing, and that's super important if you want to get to that level. Um, so yeah, there, there's you know, are, are we close? I I think we are. I don't think that it's for lack of knowledge. I think it's just for lack of opportunities. Um, but but we are absolutely getting there. Like Tab Ramos, like yeah, I mean he's there. I mean right, um, you know. Um, and again, now it's a matter of does he want that opportunity? He may not want to. He may be very very happy in, in Houston and you know, um, and doing his work there. Um, but um, there's certainly a lot of coaches who are um, able and capable to to run the national team um, that are Latino or Latina. And I think that's the that's such a huge point. I mean, obviously we've seen the we've seen the the success that American coaches have had, uh, not only locally but internationally, right? You you look at you look at what Jesse Marsh has done and and, and the other coaches that like like Jesse Marsh. But I think we're I think, you know, I know that um when Tata Martino was here in uh in Atlanta and then he took the Mexico job and you know, everybody was hopeful that he would take the US job and, and things like that, which Yes, would it be cool? It'd be it'd be awesome, right? From an Argentinian pride perspective, I'm 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 all for it. But at the same time, I do think that like because this country is so culturally diverse, um, the the hopefully the opportunity for for uh for coaches from different cultures and different backgrounds to potentially have those give it be given those opportunities. I think like I think you're right though. It has nothing to do with with ability. It's definitely all about opportunity. Um all right. Uh, last question, Art. Um, we 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 haven't we have I feel I feel like we actually haven't asked the, this question in a while uh, to our guests. But um, three favorite three favorite soccer players of all time. Oh, three favorite soccer players of all time. All right. Uh, wow. Okay. So I would say the first one would be Sergio Goicochea. Oh, I was interviewed by him. See, he, he didn't even know I was going to go there, huh? I, I was interviewed by him. He he did an interview with, uh, what was it, last year doing? I was Yeah, I was interviewed by him last year. Nice. Yeah. No, so um, obviously remembering that that devastating loss, I believe was in 90 against Germany or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the next day in the paper, you could see his 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 the glove was touching the ball. Mm -hmm. He just, he, there's nothing you could do. Yeah. But anyway, so he would, so he would be one. 
Um, my second one would probably be Mia Hamm. Mia Hamm, I think in the 90s, um, obviously when I was growing up and stuff, she was really huge with Michael Jordan doing the Gatorade stuff. And I think for me, someone having someone like her, um, like it didn't matter that she was female, like, like if she was just a soccer player, you know what I mean? Like that, and that, that to me was the coolest thing that, um, that I could remember and obviously winning the world cup and, and all that good stuff. But, um, and then if I bring it to a little bit more, um, recent, Oh boy, I would have to go with, um, I would have to go with Chucky Lozano. He scores against Germany, huge goal. Um, you know, obviously, you know, struggling in Europe off and on. Um, but I think again, someone like him was just so young and it was given the reins and he just took the bull by the horns um, so no, th those would be the, the three players. And, and again, right. I could probably do a list of 20 players, but yeah. Um, Sergio Goigochea, Mia Hamm and, uh, Chucky Lozano. Nice. Awesome. Well, coach art, uh, we thank you so much for coming on today. Best of luck. The, the rest, the rest of the season at, uh, at lower Marion, uh, thank you. make sure you go follow coach art on, uh, on, on Instagram. He's, he's big on social media. He's, uh, he's doing some videos from the fields. Uh, so make sure you go follow coach art on Instagram. What is it? It's at it's at Coach Art, right? It's at Coach Art twenty two. There you go. And um, the other thing I just want to make sure I plug this in yeah. is go to the convention. Um, yes. You know, go to the convention. Make sure you you um, you show up. You know, with with an open mind and try to take in as many oh. things as you can. I know that it's hard because there's so many things at the same going on at the same time. Um, but you know, uh, there's a networking. There's a soccer culture. Um, there's different environments you can put yourself in that like, uh, for me, I know has helped me grow. Like, I think this process would have taken 20, 30 years with the, with the United soccer coaches. It's, it's probably taken me a lot less. So yeah, definitely yeah, go. Absolutely. Yeah. And check out, uh, the Latino coaches podcast, uh, yep. that coach art co uh, host, uh, and, uh, go to the United soccer coaches, YouTube where all the interviews, <laughs> one more thing. I go have for it. Go for it. <laughs> United Goalkeeping Alliance. There Please you go. check us out. United Goalkeeping Alliance. Uh, we have an online educational platform with Eric Eisenhunt, Mac, and Mark. Um, you know, working working behind the scenes with myself. And that's actually another project I'm very, very proud of. Again, going back to your point of the goalkeeping piece where yeah. we um there's very limited time in education sometimes. So um, we're able to bring that um via, you know, uh Zoom meetings. So uh, we have a lot of young, young goalkeepers that, um, are showing up and, um, we have like over a hundred like uh, goalkeeper coaches worldwide. So, um, awesome. Yeah. Check us out. Thank you. Fantastic. Awesome. Great. Thanks so much, coach. Thank you. All right. Doing, uh, us men's national team. Uh, you know, six, six out of six out of nine. That's what, I think that's what we said, right? You want to get six or seven? We said seven. We said seven. We said seven. But I mean, you're yeah. still you're, you're still there. Obviously, there's starting to be a little bit more separation, which kind of helps you. Um, you know, USA right now sitting in sitting in second place uh, with eleven points. Um, Mexico sitting on top with fourteen. But you're still there. 
right? You haven't, you're not out. You're, you're still there. You're competing. You're ahead of everybody. You're ahead of everybody except for Mexico. And, uh, you know, you pull out a good comeback against Costa Rica uh, after going down one nothing a minute and a half into the game. So uh, good result overall. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you don't expect to go into Panama and get three points. It's always a tough you know, environment to go down into. But, yeah, you bounce back. You rotate the squad. You know, he rotated a lot of guys yeah. in these games. So to get the, the victory against uh, Costa Rica is good. And, and, again, getting victories and rotating the squad, it's very tough to do. So shout out to Greg Berhalter because you rotate the squad and lose. Everybody's going to say, why are you rotating the squad? But then the other side of it is guys get hurt or guys can't travel for whatever reason and guys have to step up, but they haven't played. And then we lose. You say, well, we didn't rotate the squad enough. So he's, he's managing both sides. Yeah. No, overall, I mean, I think it was a, it's good, good, good FIFA, good qualifier window. Um, you know, you know, who's, who's up to 25 now, 25 in a row. Algeria. <laughs> Get out of here with Algeria. Uh, I mean, maybe Algeria, but Argentina won nothing against Peru last night. Uh, so Argentina right now sitting in second place, 25 points. Uh, Brazil with another win. Holy moly. They've won. They've won 10 out of 11. Only had one draw, 31 points. I think they're pretty much guaranteed to make it in at this point, or they're, they're very close to it. Um, so it we're it's getting there. It's getting there. And it's interesting the two outliers are Brazil and Argentina. They're both farther ahead than everybody else. And then, you know, from third place down and they have to, a game to play. And they have a game to play. From third place to, to ninth place, right? So from third to second to last, because there's only there's only ten there's only ten teams in, in the in comable. Uh it's only a six goal, a six point difference. So Ecuador sitting in third place with uh, 17 points and Peru sitting in uh, ninth place with 11 points. So there's only, there's really only a, that, that difference is only there. So it's only six points. And then, you know, everybody else kind of separated by two or three points or four points. So um, I think it's a big, the next one, the next, uh, I forget exactly when the next set of matches are. They're supposed to be in November. Um, so the November 11th and 16th weekend. It's only a two, it's only two games this time around, not not four or not three. So um so we'll a little normalcy. Yeah, a little normalcy there. So so we'll see what happens. Um and then I don't think we got to talk about it, but the Nations League final happened. Yeah, it was like Monday, right? Uh Sunday. 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 Um, so to me, it's the big story is not the fact that uh France beat um France beat Spain, right? That's a, that's yeah, it happened. Great, fantastic. The big story to me is uh, Timo Courtois after the Belgium Italy game. So Belgium played Italy for the third place match, and Courtois comes out at the end of the game because he had already said before the game the fact that the third place was nonsense. Third place game was nonsense. Comes out obviously after they lost comes out and said, this is another reason why UEFA is just trying to fill their pockets. Um, ultimately, they don't care about the players. They're really just in it for the money. Uh, you can see it considering that the coaches 
neither coach put their best squad out there. They just put, you know, the players that normally if it was his final, that they wouldn't have played. Uh, no one cares about the players. So I, I think it's interesting. I think obviously there's a little bit of a give and take from both sides of it. Um, I think there's a little bit, there's some truth to what he says, uh, but ultimately this is, you know, this is your job. This is what you've chosen to do. So if you don't want I mean, to, I guess you don't make the money. The and then also, yeah, it's a good re- game for squad rotation. Yeah, I mean, I agree that like you shouldn't burn players out, but at the same time, you're again, you choose to potentially represent your your national team. You don't, no one, it's, you're not obligated to do it. You can decline and stay home, right? Um, yeah. So it's it, definitely interesting. Um, all right, uh, Dwayne, player of the match. Uh, I have a few players in the match this week. Uh, my cool. first one's going to go to Kyle Graves. Uh, Kyle Graves is my player of the match because. Uh, he talks too long at the end of practice and players either show up to my training sessions late or get picked up late. So shout out to Kyle Graves. Wait, uh, what? Oh, because you have siblings. I have siblings on both of his teams. So Monday, a parent was 15 minutes late to pick up her child. Mm-hmm. And I said, joking with her, was it because of Coach Kyle? She says, yes. And then yesterday, a player was 15 minutes late to training. And I said, was it because of Coach Kyle? And he said, yes. So shout out to Coach Kyle. My second player of the match goes out to uh, um, the Pablo Escobar from Colombia. Um, I read an article yesterday that when he went to prison, he built his own prison, built his own soccer field in the prison, and then had players like Diego Maradona and what's the guy that used to do the scorpion save? Rene Iguita. Igita, like play high profile players come in and play games in front of him at his own prison by the side. So we're highlighting that. <laughs> we're definitely highlighting that because even though there's some corruption involved, some that's pretty cool. Some <laughs> players of the match, iconic figures in football. All right. Anybody else? Kyle, Kyle's an iconic figure. <laughs> the fact that we're putting Kyle and Pablo Escobar in the same uh, the same award is pretty interesting to me. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going to start fighting players if they're late. Um, they can, can recoup it from Kyle. Uh, my my player of the match goes out to the 2013 girls uh, for just being a really, really fun and awesome group. Uh, and to the entire, all the parents as well. They, um, and, you know, they were, they've been super super awesome through this entire season so far. Um, so big shout out to them and everything they've done so far. And I'm looking forward to what that team will do in the, in the future with Natalie. So, um, all right. On this day in history, October 15th, 1887. We're going back a while. We are going back a while. 1887. FA Cup, 1887. Uh, Preston North End is playing against Hyde Park or Hyde, sorry, Hyde United. Okay, Hyde United. Um, you want to take a guess at what the score was? Well, it wasn't, what was the score last week? It wasn't 149 to nothing. It was 149 to nothing. No, but the score was 26 to nothing in the first round of the uh, of the FA Cup. Um, so, you know, it was the top score in the FA Cup, but also the in a, in a senior match in England. Um, 
you know, Preston, Preston North End at that point was was one of the one of the biggest biggest clubs or biggest teams. Um, they uh, they 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 ended up playing eight matches that year, um, in the FA Cup, uh, and they went into the final, um, and they were so confident they were going to win uh, that they took a picture with the FA Cup before the actual match. And the referee told them not to, you know, not to um, get ahead you know, of yourself. Yeah, not to get ahead of yourself. You got to win it first, right? Uh, so they ended up losing two to one um, to West Brom. Referee, the referee threw the game. West Brom and Jarion. West Brom beat, winning the FA Cup in 1887. Uh, so, or Probably 1888 at that point. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Preston North End, it doesn't matter if you beat a team 26 nothing. You still got to win the cup at the end of it, right? You can't just. That's right, man. All right. Uh, fair play of the week. Uh, my fair play of the week this week goes out to Coach Chad, uh, uh, because um, I was dealing with some stuff this week, and Coach Chad was super helpful and 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 super understanding of things. So uh, Coach Chad gets my uh, my fair play of the week. I'll Chad fur. Yeah, <laughs> Chad fur. <laughs> All right, your uh, your fair play of the week, Dwayne. Uh, my favorite play of the week, I'm going to give it out to the Deptford coaching staff. You know, they're, you know, both matches I played, the coaches were relatively uh, friendly, you know, wanted to strike up a conversation, you know, wanted to kind of build a relationship. So I got to chance to talk to both coaches uh, after both of my games that I played against Deptford. And, um, and one of the coaches introduced me to the tournament director and, you know, maybe getting some discovery uh, kids into the tournament in the spring, you know, maybe adding that as part of the uh, uh, pathway for that group. So introducing him to me and then, you know, getting to talk a little bit about their, uh, and they call it the mini mites division. That's right. Mini mites. You seven and you six soccer. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Yeah, no, it was really a good tournament and we had, we had a ton of fun. So, uh, um, all right, make sure you follow us on social media this week, uh, like, and subscribe to the podcast anywhere you're listening to. Um, make sure you go out and vote. Uh, we'll figure out, I think we'll just do it by comments. Is that, is that, is that a good way to do the voting? We'll just do it by comments. Uh, on Facebook, can't you do a poll? Yeah, we can either that, or we can do comments or something like that. We'll find a way to vote once, once you're on social media, once you're on our social media and you see our, our Google form. Uh, no, no, that's a lot. It's a lot. Let's just, let's just keep it. We'll figure out a way. Yeah. Facebook.com slash Delaware union on Instagram at Delaware union soccer. We'll figure out a way. Uh, to make sure you go out and vote for the goal of the week and the save of the week. Um, Exercise your democratic right to vote. That's right. We are looking to give out some prizes, and uh, we need we need your help. All right. Thanks for joining us this week, and remember, always receive the ball on your front foot. Mm-hmm.